Let me turn this. Okay, uh, we're live with beautiful. the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. Yep. What's up, boys? How are you, bud? <laughs> good. Good to on? see you, you got guys. Big, you got big shoes to fill, man, because last week's pod, it was hot. So we need to hear. <laughs> was we that need, Tom? We need some stories. No, this was actually a good friend from up in Canada. His name oh, okay. is uh, Joey. Well, he goes by Joey Boost and just like a Fox body fanatic and nice. always had the true definition of a mint Mustang since way back in the day. You know, those Italians, they got way too much money. <laughs> he was That's a funny to have on like, <clears throat> I mean, very knowledgeable guy too, but funny. Oh my God. And I've never seen like Chris has experienced firsthand his idea of mint, which is actually kind of funny. Hey, that's enough. Another guest. Yeah, we do. Let me in. That's my buddy Roscoe. What? Go lay down. We should maybe clarify and Jess, you know what, like weigh in, in whatever way, shape and form. I, I always love hearing everyone's definition on this, but, uh, Mint is what we were talking about with Joey Boost. And Chris and I have brought up this whole air quote mint so many times. But we spent a lot of time drawing this correlation between like right off the factory floor. Like that's kind of your definition of mint. But I re-listened to our pod and I, I got thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? We didn't really touch on the fact that you can have a mint redone car which is what you guys are in the business of doing. Right. So yeah, this is, I guess maybe a whole nother category, but just for clarification for anyone that wants it and didn't really pick up what we were putting down, like we were just trying to establish a bit of a baseline. Like if you're going to go to the extent of calling something mint, then it needs to reach certain cat, like categorization, you know, um, Beyond that, I think clean, kind of clean, you know, like there's some terms you can kick around that classify cars that I think 95% of people would understand. But beyond that, this mint, it just, it drives us nuts because somebody says something's mint and everything looks pretty good in pictures. So you go and look at it and you go like, this is so far from mint. It's not even funny. Like, what are you on about? Yeah. I think like when I see a car that's like super unmolested, even if it's like a high mileage car, something that's super unmolested. And like you look as soon as I see like a painted underside, like never been undercoated, still has the overspray like across the rockers and like no crazy rust. Like even if it's like say 170,000 mile, like West coast car, I'll call it mint because from a restoration standpoint, like if I'm starting on a build that like has zero rust, like I'll, I'll straight up be like, this thing is a minty, you know, a really good example of something to start off of. But when you find something that's like been all butchered up and, you know, beat up and, you know, I, I, you can't call it mint anymore, you know, and, I just, I love seeing super, super like survivor cars, 
Yeah. You know, well, that's so just it. you could call like the body mint, but like if you want to tr- really call something mint, it's got to be like that 1900 mile Bimini coupe. Like that is like to me, that is <laughs> the you know quintessential mint car. I, I you know, is there another so car? Is that your more favorite mint? color then? What's that? The Bimini. Bimini? Blue? Um, I. My car's friggin' brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I know that. I, I know what color like, your it's... car is, but like you, you were very specific because a lot of people would have said maybe Reef or Calypso or Electric Current or, you know, there's a lot I like Crystal all. Blue. I like them all. I mean, it's like if a car's done right, pretty much any color, it doesn't matter what color it is, you know, you know. You know, Chris, stance and wheels is everything. So to me, it's almost like a color doesn't matter. Um, but I, I, I have a hard time po- put pinpointing like a favorite color from all the years. Right. No, fair enough. And you're right. You can make any color look good. Well, shit, you made brown look good. I try. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people were like, no way. And I, I, I gave it a shot. Well, dude. What I- made you pick that color? Um, to be different, just right. to like, or you like just it was wanted to be, you wanted to be the definition of the chocolate Fox. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I think, uh, what was it? Coyote, uh, the coyote coop. He got, he got the, the, the coup de gras, I guess, from the beginning. Um, but yeah, no, I did it in 2015. Um, it was either that Brown or the, um, Jeep color that like, it's called, uh, billet silver it's like a grayish silver um and then i just decided you know what the brown is just just right outside the box it's not it's not a comfort color it's not something that people would pick comfortably and i being me being a painter i'm like you know what if it looks bad in a few years i'll just redo it um and i just really fell in love with it as soon as i did it Oh, buddy, yeah, it pulls I, it off. I happen good. to be a painter. I'll just repaint my car if I want to. How convenient is <laughs> well, that? Well, my car originally, I'm sure you guys know, was like black and silver two tone with, you know, orange pinstripe through the middle, like super 2010, 2008, when Chip Foost was like the man's man. I mean, me being, I was at the time I was in college. And like, I was an aspiring car builder. Like I wanted to do what I do today. And, um, chip Foose was super popular overhaul. And it was like, I couldn't, I, you know, that was, I was, I gravitated towards that. And like, I even made, a um, a model car in my college dorm room, Jeff, you guys know, Jeff, he, he was like, I, I was spray painting this model in our, in our kitchen and I made a little paint booth in the oven with the oven fan and I, it wasn't vented out. It just recirculated. So, so I'm like spray painting this model car, two tone black and silver. I cut the roof out for it to be T tops. Cause I, I no, I made it a target top. Um, and then it's funny. I graduated college and ended up buying my T top car. So it was, it was kind of, kind of like, fate ish but i just love i love this the silver and black two-tone for like three or four years i was obsessed with it and then it was like 
uh, it's kind of dated already. So that was, I finished the car in 20, yeah, 2010, uh, brought it to the Ford Carlisle. The bay was mint, like had no holes. I shaved, I got rid of AC. I got rid of like, you know, I wanted to drag race it. It was super clean. And I totally thought I was just going to sweep the floor at Carlisle. I didn't win anything. (laughs) And then, um, around like, 2012 2013 i had a boat and i was all about the lake i loved going out on the lake so i got i all my money went into my boat and my car just kind of got pushed to the side it had the sn95 dashboard swap and that was again super 2010 you know if you were on stangnet or corral putting an sn dash in your car you were like the bee's knees and i did it and then i like never loved the fit and finish and it just wasn't wasn't what I really loved. So the first step was putting, you know, a single color paint job. And it was like a at night do it. uh, Like I fired it apart. I just de-ate it down. It wasn't straight. It wasn't good. I ran the paint and just, it was, it just wasn't a good paint job. So from 2015 to 2000 and I guess that would have been 19, the car was just kind of like, mediocre in that time i i did the dash swap i went back to a a fox dash put the air conditioning and i guess you could say i grew up a little bit you know you got to have air conditioning and so i did that um and then i found the twin turbo kit because i wanted more than 300 wheel i had originally had a 302 with gt40s those mercury mountaineer heads i was texting you the other day about yeah I, I had a GT40 motor and and I went like 1240s with that and or 1250 I think and then I I built the motor that's actually in my car currently and I went 1217 it's just got AFR 165s so I went 1217 with 410s and then I thought I was going to go faster with 373s and it slowed down it just would not launch as hard as it would on 410 so then I just gave up the the drag racing thing and then did wanted better ride quality so i did a you know more of a street like like rip around have it ride nice and handle nice yeah um, and then i did the irs and then i had the idea to do the wide body because there was so many cars out in the social media land that, that just it's like man i i know i can do it better i know i can do it with the capri quarters and the the Mustang fenders added together. So then I just bit the bullet and did it and just wanted to outdo the car's last paint job. Cause it just wasn't, it wasn't that great. So I was like, I want my, my car to finally look like my customer's cars. So in a span of six months, I was able to rip the car down, you know, do the wide body treatment, but also do the, uh, the flush mount glass and, the T-tops are flush mounted. And then uh, Chris dubbed it the infinity molding, the fender extensions and all that fun stuff. So I just kind of just, the cars just completely just progressed over time. And I was talking to Tom today about how like he, he's totally against me doing a coyote swap. And like, I kind of want a coyote swap because the power is really good. You know, you, you can't deny the power they make. They sound like, absolute hell 
but they go like hell. So, but he's trying to talk me out of it, but I, I don't know. So, but I, I'd like to eventually do a roadster shop chassis. Um, that's a humongous undertaking, but being what I do with the shop, it's like, I, my car has to have a roadster shop chassis, but it's a, it's a massive undertaking. So it would be really hard for me to do because I have customers cars to build, but that's a, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) I have big dreams. I've yet to see somebody with that roadster shop chassis. I mean, it looks pretty fancy in their uh, advertisement. There's, um, there's a shop in actually in Canada that built a Capri a bubble back Capri on one it's boot Hill auto. They built that. It's a white Capri. Um, I think they did some wheels that kind of emulate a 10 hole. Um, I think that's what they were going for. And then of course there's the Goolsby um, customs uh, um, good guys pace car, the giveaway car from like, I think 2017 or 18 that car is on a road. That's, that's actually the, the car that they built that chassis for and oh. then put it into production to be able to buy it. Mm. But that car Goolsby is his stuff is unreal. Um, I kind of, I, I kind of try to, the, you know, them and the roadster shop, they're kind of like the, the industry, like standard for me. I try to follow them closely and, and use them as inspiration for my own builds. Do you know what they're worth, Jess? Those roaster shops? I actually just priced one out when I was uh, rocking Zoe to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To 27 grand. It's Mm -hmm. not cheap. And then the work in order to install it, because you basically have to cut out between it. it, It's integral into the, it's not like a a bolt in deal. So you got to cut out from rocker to rocker and then weld it into the car. And then you have to make floor pans and, from basically from the bumper all the way up to the firewall. I think you cut out the front, the stock front uh, frame rails and everything. It's a huge undertaking, but oh. their stuff is unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, no kidding, hey? Um, that would be an interesting car to ride in. I can't even imagine the, the difference it would make, especially, well, a lot of opportunity to screw something like that up too because it's such a, you know, well, it's way more than a facelift. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like C7 front suspension and, and all that. Well, it's their own suspension, but they use C7, um, C7 Corvette uh, uh, spindles, but it's a nine inch with a four link and a pannered bar in the rear. Um, you know, they're, and, and the greatest thing about their chassis, there's like no torsional twist. I mean, it's like subframe connectors on, on, you know, times a thousand. Yeah. So you put one of those in the car and it stiffens it up and it would be great because my car's T tops. I mean, you have a, yeah. you have a convertible, so I'm sure cowl shake and cowl twist and stuff. It, it just eliminates all that. Um, you know, a lot of people say, man, 27 grand is a lot of money for a chassis, but it's like you're reinventing the car completely. Yeah. So maybe someday, maybe it'll happen for me, but you know, right. for now, I'm trying to sell it to a potential customer who comes to me with the Fox body and a big old pile of cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, buddy, before we get too far off of uh, foxes and into whatever else we end up bullshitting about tonight, um, congrats on the hot summer night. I watched Gearhead's video the other night. 
Oh, the yeah, hot summer '91. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. He's he's going to be going on the dyno in the next couple of weeks because the wheels for makers are coming this week. Awesome. So it's a, they're actually on my uh, my my schedule of things to do. So as soon as they come in, we're going to swap the tires over and get the finally get those on the car. And then Jeff is going to get the car on the dyno, get Lund to finish up uh, the tune, and then we'll you know we try to shake the car down, put a good or 500 miles on it before we hand it over to the customer because there's always little knickknack stuff that that needs to be taken care of so but thanks yeah now that car is badass i mean yeah i love that car it's you know it's true to what it used to be the story behind the car is is un unbelievable so it's uh it was an honor to build that car really really cool well, I mentioned in uh, Gearhead 704's comments there, I, I said, hey, you never went into any detail on the uh, uh, shaved moldings, right? Because it looks like front and rear are done. Yeah, it's just like my car was was uh, the first car, like I did it on my car. And then at like literally I was like, well, like that night after I welded, like did the metal work on my car. I talked to the owner, to Jeff, um, of that car. I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this to my car. What do you think? Like, and I wasn't sure if he'd be able to understand it because like just explaining it to somebody, you know, I, I wasn't sure. And he was like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Let's do it. So I was able to, um, sell, use my car as, as a sales pitch. And, right. and it just, it makes a huge difference. And then we are also, we also did it on that two-tone red car that we're finishing while well, we're working on right now the one owner uh 89 gt so it's kind of it's it's turning into one of our little like signature touches on our builds you know people come to us i want you to do this the flush molding so, so does blue sky only work on hatchbacks <laughs> no well i mean we built Tom's Tom's car. Car, so <laughs> yeah I'm just curious because the, the whole flush window molding thing, it'd look pretty badass on a notch on the rear. I, like I want to see I'm, it. I'm, I'm hoping I have uh, there's a certain Coyote, uh, uh, Calypso uh, notch that's coming to the shop uh, on Saturday. Uh, he goes by S Feldman, maybe Wick, wicked Calypso. We're going to be uh, possibly doing the body and paint on that. And I keep telling him, I'm like, I've never done a notch. I've never done a notch. So oh, buddy. maybe I, I'm no body. Man. I'm just looking over my shoulder at mine going, good grief. It's a lot of work. Oh my God, dude. Like that's not a flat piece of glass. Yeah. yeah. And just make sure though, that you get the glass that doesn't have the rear defrost strips. I know. Out. How you the know, hell are you going to just... find that? <laughs> well, you know, down here in the South, it's pretty common. In fact, that's true. Yeah. yeah. My Cali coop doesn't have them. And no kidding. Um, I think that Georgia, that, that blue Georgia coupe I had didn't have them either, but like anything okay. in Florida, they never, they're never there. Yeah. My buddy, he's got, uh, he has a 96 GT he got as, as his first car. And I think it was only, it was 2001. His car was actually a Hawaiian car and it didn't have a, uh, somehow for some reason it started out in Hawaii. And then the guy, the original owner, I think he, he shifted over to the, you know, mainland and then somehow it wound up in New Jersey hmm. and he still has the back. He's always kept that back glass. Cause he's, you know, 
you, in New Jersey, you don't see a non-defrost that often. Well, no, and I mean, mine's got it, but which obviously the Canadian cars for ice and in the northern U.S. cars, but like just from a knocking the fog off a window or like humidity, I mean, it's not a terrible thing yeah. in there aside from the lines that are there, right? But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, he, I think the lines are overrated, man. Especially once you tint the glass and everything. Oh, else. like, yeah, you know, it's my car. Like, come on, I you found... said you never even drive your car in the rain, let alone are you going to be in fog or need rear defrost on your coupe? You're a hey, bullshitter, man. I'm a prepper. <laughs> I like to be prepared. I got kids too. They get in the fucking car with wet hair. I'm going to fog up windows. <laughs> I guess. <Get> <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I've ever hit that switch, to be completely honest with you. I, I couldn't even tell you if it works in any of the cars here. Yeah, it's never worked. It 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 worked in my 89, my first car, but this 88, when I had the SN dash, I couldn't figure out how to get it to work, the SN dash switch, the defrost switch. So I just never had it work. And then when I redid my car this last time, like two years ago, I just had a hatch and a Celine wing because I used to have a Cobra wing. So I had my, I called on my, my glass buddy and I was like, Hey, look in your system, see if they have a non-defrost hatch glass brand new from Carlite. He goes, there's, I think he said there was three in the country. And I'm like, buy one for me right now. I was like, I want it. And then he, he sat on it for like two and a half years. Cause I, I was going to quote unquote, just, paint my hatch and wing and put it on. And that took me two years to do. Um, I had to end up doing the whole car in order to get it done. But by the time I got my car done and we were doing the black car, I couldn't find any defrost or non-defrost. There's no more hatch glasses new in his system. Mm. So that, so we actually had to find a non-defrost used glass for the hot summer 91 car. And um, it, it, it's not perfect. It's really good. But again, it's a diamond in the rough. You can't find the non-defrost uh, stuff that easy. Jess, I thought you told me that you have to get bigger glass. No, I use stock glass. Okay. Maybe that's so what I bring. Yeah, I do the metal work to bring the body into it. Because if like, excuse me, um, if you, if you, take a rock to the, to the windshield and you have a $1,500 windshield, that's going to suck. <laughs> so the whole, you know, I always want to do a stock piece of glass so you can go out, buy it 250 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever your glass guy can get it for you. And boom, it's done and it fits and it's good. It's you, there's no lead times, you know, you can get a windshield for these cars, no problem. And I suspect it's going to get better and better. I'm sure the hatch, glass will get better while demand since these cars are getting so much more popular. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like maybe it'll, it'll start becoming more and more available. So you just made but, me think uh, of a question, yeah. right? Because the flush mount is so tight and precise. If you did need to change either one of those glass, like would you cut them out from the inside? Because I, I'm not I don't a glass see, guy. Cause, cause well, <laughs> Cause like, if you look at it, cause normally you got to get that tool down yeah. and it hooks around. Normally there's like a J trim or whatever the hell they call it, you know, that yeah. goes in there and, and then 
you know, that's like a little bit of your buffer. And then you, you get that little hook that goes down and then that kind of goes around and cuts the urethane for you. But I kind of feel like your, you, you, <laughs> this, this customized thing is so precise that you'd almost want to cut it from inside the car just to yeah. avoid potentially scrap, like scraping um, some of the paint around the edges. Well, what's, what's good is like, you can hook it all. You, you take the lower windshield molding off the plastic one. Cause we still retain that. We just take that little leg off that the, the a pillar trim clips into. We yep. just shave that down. So you could start, you could, I imagine, I hope I don't have to ever find out. Um, but I, I imagine you can start that hook on the bottom you know, the bottom yeah. bead of the windshield. And then as long as your glass guy is good, keep that, that knife right up against the edge of the glass away from the body. Cause it's, it's actually gapped to three sixteenths of an inch. Yeah. Um, that's usually what we gap it to three sixteenths, eighth inch. Um, because yeah, see, we do, yeah, you could totally start down there. Cause they have that cutting wire as well. Right. So they could even yeah. get the cutting wire up and through that bottom part. And then that would be allow them to hug the glass up and all the way around. So yeah, no, that would, that would actually work out pretty good. Yeah. Glass guys amaze me because like, I remember I had a 71 Oldsmobile 98 big boat that I found in a junkyard. It was going to be a derby car. And I had to pull the glass out and I didn't want to break the glass and front windshields. The, the laminated stuff is like way, way fragile. And my glass guy came in and cut it out and didn't crack. it. I'm like, I had to look, I had to turn away. Cause I was like, you're going to break it. He's like, no, no problem. No problem. Yeah. And he cut it right out. I'm like they don't even flinch. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I know. And they work quick. Like it's, I guess when that's all you do, but it amazes yep. the shit out of me too. It's crazy. And and they can install it without getting any urethane on their hands. Nothing. I I touch urethane once and it's like over the whole car. It's like yeah. that uh the meme where where like Annie sees like Annie sees, Annie sees. <laughs> it's the tin man. <laughs> it's like I get I get Annie sees on my one finger. And it's everywhere. Uh, that was me. That was me, uh Dude, you should. I just put a twin disc clutch in my car, and my car was spotless when I put it together 12 years ago. It's like the car has 300,000 miles on it. It's <laughs> filthy. It's disgusting. Like I, and I'm a body guy. Like my hands are like covered in grease. I'm like, man, those days are gone for me, man. I'm I'm a like metal and body guy. I get like kind of dirty each day my hands are covered yeah, you, just, you just want to blow yourself off with some compressed air and go home you know yeah pretty pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> although now that my seats are like alcantara and leather i had to put the uh i had to take the shifter off to to put the trans in to have it slide in and i'm like daintily leaning over my seat to put my shifter back in because i was afraid of like dripping something on the the alcantara in my car i'm like god I kind of miss a shitty interior. <laughs> Buddy, those seats turn and the door panels and everything, that looks tight. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna revisit the door panels to incorporate the, the core. I had a crazy like the two weeks leading up to the chocolate box. My interior guy's like, hey, what do you want to do with the door panels? I'm like, just incorporate the colors. And it wasn't exactly how I was 
imagining it. And then I told him what I was imagining. He goes, Oh, I didn't think you'd like that. So I didn't do that. So, cause we're, we're going to plaster Corbo all over the door panel, like the in, inside the insert, have it mirror the, uh, the, the, um, seats and have it say Corbo, 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 just like it does on the seats and, and have the same color. So, but they look great. I mean, I'm, I've never had a car with a like standout interior. It's always been either all black, you know, used SN95 seats. I think the last seats I had were like 2000 seats. And it's just like, now that I build high-end cars for clients, I see the importance of having a really nice interior. Yeah. It makes the, the car just that much more special. So having it for my car is definitely a treat. And it's like, I've always wanted that kind of, uh, you know, gradient eighties retro yeah. vibe. So I'm, I'm super happy with it. And Gillen, my guy up in Middletown, New York, he does, uh, he does a great, great job. He did the red car seats too. And like, I almost kind of like it, that car seats more than mine. Just that red is just so good. Nobody that, uh, all those different shades of kind of beige and tans and orange. And that was all him too. Yeah. Oh, it just turned out unbelievable. It pops like crazy, you know, like you see it from across the parking lot and it's like, wow, that that's loud. That's yeah. super loud. I want to go look at it. Right. What's that? So the people that are sanding that kind of Say that again? beneath you, I said the people <laughs> who are not sanding. beneath me, it's just, no, I have a, I have a great body guy that he, he just, he goes in the back, he puts his, whatever talk radio he listens to for the week on. And he just hammers out. Um, I do like, I did the Impala. I do like the stuff that like the, the really high end stuff, quote unquote high end stuff that we do. Um, basically the cars that came out of my mind, I do um, the, the OEM stuff, the stuff that just needs to be straight. Um, we have a great guy, Kyle, he, he does all of our body work. And, um, so it's, and it's tough for me to spend, you know, all week in the back room. I'm, I'm constantly running around. I'm going in, I'm answering phone calls, I'm answering emails. So it's hard for me to go in there, but I am due to get back in there and, and do a car. So we got, we got an El Camino that we're doing right now that that'll be my baby. But, um, and then paint, I wear a full paint suit and a fresh air suit. I, I, I stopped inhaling the paint of probably about five years ago. I finally made the decision, like, you know, and if I'm going to be doing this for a career, I can't be huffing paint for 30 years and, and expect it to not affect me. So Did you ever smoke, um, Jess? it seems like every body man smokes. Nope. I, I, I smoked to be cool when I was a kid. Yeah. But I, I never got into it. I remember, I remember the last time I actually smoked a cigarette um, was in Atlantic city. I was like, give me a cigarette. I was like, this is disgusting. And I threw it down. So I haven't really, I'll smoke a cigar from time to time. I used to, you know, uh, uh, smoke the devil's lettuce in college um, there you go. quite a bit, <laughs> but now I'm, I can't, and Jeff I can't loves his that. cigars. <laughs> he does love his, he does love tobacco. That is for sure. Jeff loves his tobacco products. <laughs> I don't think I, there was a time when I didn't see him. It was sort of like me with a beer in my hand. Jeff always had his cigar in his hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he brings quite the stash to us with us. Uh, it's like his his he's on vacation. He's got a cigar in his hand. That's that's his thing. I like, I like candy. Candy's my vice. Is it? Oh, me too. Like the sour ones, dude. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> like peach rings and stuff. Like you buy the bag, oh. the big bag, and then you're just like, I ate half of it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, and I go home feeling real bad like yeah 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 candy is my vice it always has been like ever since i was like young i just every ever, ever since i got, i had my first job and was able to make money for myself we go to like uh the the um convenience store around us is called quick check so we'd go to quick check and i'd get a huge blue raspberry like slushy I'd get, you know, sprees and, and nerds rope. Oh man. Candy, get me into candy. Woof. Oh man. <laughs> See, I am, I am the exact same way. I remember <laughs> I'd like sneak out at recess from school and go down to the, the corner store and get like the brown, the brown paper bag. And that's like when the, the, um, like the green thumbs and like the little wild berry, whatever yeah. things that you, you could buy Swedish berry. Like a scent. The Swedish berries, so, they were like a penny back then. And then I'd fill it up, I'd go back, and then I'd have all the girls chasing me because they all wanted some candy. <laughs> Dude, you need you need a free candy van. I mean, that's that's a YouTube, <laughs> that's a YouTube special if I've ever seen one. <laughs> no doubt. The infamous projects free candy van. Oh man, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely on the candy wagon, man. And and you know, I tell all my friends, I'm like, you know what, you guys are all into your stuff. Although I do drink a lot more these days, but I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I have inhaled enough paint fumes, exhaust fumes and no cats and siphon gas. I've got enough like thinner and everything else, parts cleaner on my hands, break clean. That will yep. do me like a lifetime of hard drugs. So, you know, <laughs> I have, I have a similar, well, I, girls weren't chasing me for candy, but when I was, when I was a kid, my neighborhood was probably, I don't know, four, five to 10 miles away from my, from my house, there was this general store and Jeff and I would used to get on our bikes as kids and we'd ride all the way out to this general store. And the general store was built in like, had to have been the 1800s, something like that, but they sold penny candy. So we'd ride our bikes all the way out. And like, these are like, you know, two lane, you know, uh, double yellow roads. Like today you see kids on these roads and you're like, those kids shouldn't be out here. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd, we'd ride our bikes all the way out to the general store and it was penny candy. So you could get like two bucks, got you like 200 pieces of candy. And then you'd get a, you know, like a birch beer, root, root beer. And the, the front porch, you could sit on the front porch of the, the general store. It was like an old post office where like the post office was literally like the size of a, uh, four by six room and that was like the town post office yeah i'd eat every single piece of candy i'd have like two or three root beers and then we'd have to ride our bike back home and like it was all uphill it was downhill to the to the, the general store <laughs> and i'd have to ride all the way back and i'd be like i'd i'd, I'd regret it every time but I mean, you're supercharged on candy, man. Like, unless, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't have enough or maybe you need to save a little bit, it's like halfway through the ride, you pop a couple more, like fill in the NOS bottle, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then you have like that, like, 
just chunk of sugar just sitting right. in the bottom of your stomach like <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that's too funny. I thought I was the only yeah. one. Like, I and I still have. I hide the candy too because whenever there's candy, people eat that shit on you, and I don't want people touching my candy, so I got to put it in strategic places. My <laughs> my, my one employee, Ch- Chad, my, our, our metal guy, he literally goes through. He has a bag of it's called sour sketty. It's like these small little. It's like it's sour, you know, sketty or whatever. And like every time I go by his box, it's sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to taxi on that. (laughs) But he goes, he goes through a pack a day. I'm like, dude, you got, you're getting a bad habit. You're up to a pack a day. (laughs) You don't have the packs going into your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every time I go by and then, and then I'll get like the, uh, the caramel creams, those things like. the individually wrapped like goats g-o-e-t-z or something like that oh i haven't seen those i love candy (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like uh cow they're also called called cow tails okay maybe they don't sell them in canada i don't they're maple so they're like they come on you guys have everything's made out yeah we just tap trees for maple that's true (laughs) no it's weird like some of the candy is different right because like go up to a tree yeah um what smarties in the u.s is completely different so we in in canada smarties are called rockets and um smarties in canada is actually like a wannabe m&m no kidding it or not yeah yeah there's some weird stuff up there so sometimes people don't um depending who our listeners are some are going to be able to relate and some are going to be like what the (laughs) fuck are they talking about what kind of candy is that (laughs) But I mean, there's even a difference in a lot of stuff from like West Coast to East Coast. Um, yeah. The same as I'm sure in the U.S., right? Different convenience stores, different different shit, right? I remember going to the East Coast and going like, what is this kind of pop, right? Like, I've never seen this before. See, there's no pop down here either, Gary. So Wait, Wait what's pop? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the other one you were giving me shit for? There's something else I said that, oh, I know... Uh, um Celine and Saline. Saline, Celine, and uh Z and Z. That's the other one he lights me up on oh, yeah. all the time. Like, I'm fucking Canadian. Like, cut me some slack here. Do you I guys thought call... Z was just a British thing? No, see, you know what? So Canadians oh. call Jay-Z Jay Z. Did you know that, Justin? No, we don't. <laughs> no way. Real no. <laughs> Jay Z. <laughs> uh... actually there was a i had a youtube video the one day with uh column shop dad my friend uh back in canada's shop i was working yeah dale and and we just i forgot what it was and he said something i'm like it's z and then that was like the perfect analogy he's like it's zed i'm like do you call jay-z jay-z he's like (laughs) fuck That's funny. Yeah. So you call it like a IROC Z? <clears throat> um, no. Well, <laughs> it depends. So the one that stands out to me is actually <clears throat> Christ Almighty. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. Looking on your dip. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> um, the one that stands out to me is actually like Yamaha dirt bikes. YZ, YZ. That one gets kicked around pretty loose um 
Z06, like ZR6. ZR6. Yeah, or ZO6. ZR6. Yeah. Um, I'd say it it like it it's fluid. It's gender yeah. fluid. <laughs> oh, God. We're not sure what a Z or a Z is. It's We're going there. both ways. We're going there. <laughs> no, We're that's going not full woke. Yeah. We're going full woke. <laughs> um Hey, just before I forget and to try to bring us back uh, full circle here a little bit, do you guys yeah, turn out candy and Zed? I know, right? again? I'm sorry. Well, no, I was thinking about your, you saying like guys that are working on stuff that um, just kind of in and out stuff. Do you guys do um, like insurance claim stuff or is no. it just, um, I don't even like, we used to do repairs. Um, like somebody brings their car in. like, uh, for instance, we had this, 66 mustang come in it had like some rust bubbles in the door and some rust rust bubbles in the wheel well and i got into it and it was just like a total bondo mess and i just i found that like if i can't go down to metal like there's every single one came with some sort of warranty issue that i couldn't take care of it and it puts me in a bad spot because if I'm going over previous work, it's hard for me to warranty what my paint sticks to. What if something underneath my, well, you're the last guy that painted it. So, and I just saw. You start inheriting we headaches. Yeah. So, and we were getting so busy with these big jobs that I was like, I don't even have to mess with these small jobs because quite frankly, these small jobs are keeping me from getting to the big jobs that take me four five, six months and then full builds take two years. So I'd rather just tell the guy, look, that's not what we do. Um, I don't go over previous. I will paint your car, but I will, I want to rip it down to bare metal. And I want to, cause I want to give you a product that's way, way higher than your expectations so that you're super happy in the end. I'm going to give you a, a, a no bullshit. This is what it costs right from the get go so that, you know, it's not going to be one of those. Yeah. You know, I'll 10 grand. It's not even close to that. Right. So, and, and it's worked really well for us. You know, we're able to create a product that's higher end, you know, people say, Oh, I don't want to show qual. I don't want to show paint job. Anything we do, people come in and say, Oh, this is like show quality work. It's, well, not hold, pump the brakes, buddy, because, Show quality, when you say show quality to me, I'm thinking like Riddler Award stuff, you know, the crazy high end. It's like our know. old mint conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like a show quality paint job to me is like I'm spending 150 hours just going around and making every single gap on the car absolutely perfect. Yeah. You know, that that's where we're, we're going to be at when we move into our new shop, we're going to be 110 an hour. That's $12,000 just in making the gaps right. And that's what a show quality car takes. So to go back, we don't do, I won't do any repairs or small jobs. Um, I have a I have a Z06 conversion front end coming, um, coming up soon for a buddy of mine. That's about the extent I'll go to only because I've had my hands in that car before. Um, right. I know I was going over original paint. I wasn't going over like someone brings me a 69 Mustang. What are the chances that it still has original paint? 
zero. Yeah. So I, you know, I can't put a warranty on something I didn't get go down to. And I just, I, I'd rather do the best we can do. And yeah. I want to do, I want to outdo every car we do. So we don't do any small repairs anymore because it's just, it kind of clogs the shop up. And like, I see collision shops that take on the, the restorations never get to the restorations because their main business is collision. They have to get those cars in and out. So our main business is restoration. So I can't get involved. It's, it's hard for me to get involved with the smaller jobs just because it, it clogs us up. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Because we had um, Spike from Spike's Refinishing down in Ocala on mm-hmm. last month or so. And, you know, he does some pretty phenomenal work and yeah, he, he does really nice stuff. Yeah. Like he seems to be caught in a lot of the collision day-to-day stuff and, and to him, and, and maybe it's, a, it's a risk thing, or maybe it's, you know, he needs to get some more staff. I'm not sure what it is, but like, you know, he was sort of of the consensus or maybe it, it's just something where he doesn't, um, not not to speak for him, but like maybe he's just not confident enough to feel like, oh, I can just do restorations and, you know, I'm that good. Yeah. You know, because, it, you know, hearing you say this, and, and I know that ultimately Spike would rather not deal with collision and all that stuff and just pick. And, you know, I've helped him out with his website and I know the amount of inquiries and everything else that he gets. Um, like, what's your, like, what's your advice or, or your thoughts there <laughs> in terms of being able to be sustainable with actually doing yeah. full book, just restoration. Yeah. If, if I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine, um, a couple weeks ago, could have even been last week. I don't know. Time flies. Um, and, and he was, he's kind of in the same thing. He's like, I'm doing these smaller collision jobs. He goes, I don't know how to like manage it. Um, and my thoughts are like, if you're going to do, if your shop is going to do both, you ha- you need to have two separate crews because it's you know you have to stay on you know you you just have to split it down the middle it's almost like you need like a whole separate manager and a whole separate crew because there's two different types of body guys as well um some collision guys cannot do restoration because they just can't stare at the same car for four months whereas i want to stare at the same car for four months So it's, you know, if you have the workload on both ends, get two different crews, which is hard to just say, you know, get two different crews, especially in today's um, climate of employment. It's really hard to find good employees and skilled employees. Um, So it's definitely, I, I feel that we just, I kind of just, I put my, my line in the sand and I said, you know, I have. 10 months I'm backed out 10 months at any given time. And it's getting longer and longer and longer. I'm just like, let's just focus on doing the, let's just do it. Do what you're good at. Like you just take the plunge. Um, It's just been all in. Like when my father helped us out start, you know, he goes, you know, what's your exit strategy? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exit, exit strategy. Well, what if you do, if you fail, I'm like, I don't know because it's just not an option. So it's, it's a, it's, I was a little more naive 
back when I, you know, when we started, but you just have to take that plunge and do what you want to do. And like, I love coming to work every day. I found myself being more stressed out. I'm always stressed out with running a business, but doing the small stuff, then you get the guy that like, I did a, I did a respray on a hot rod. It was a repair. He got rear-ended. I fixed the, I, I did the repair on it and I ended up re-clearing the whole car. And, and he had this little hood. It was a little fiberglass 32 Ford, super cool car, had a 406 Chevy in it. Like it ripped. It was a terrace. It, it tear out, it teared ass. Um, and he, he goes, Oh, can you just reshoot my hood? He normally doesn't keep it on the car, but if he ever does, you know, he's got the hood. No problem. I'll scuff it down. I'll just, and Chris, you know, this, all I did was just scuff it, rebased it and cleared it. I didn't do any body work. I didn't do any priming, nothing. He comes in and he looks at the hood. He goes, Oh, that, that little spot, there was a pinhole in the fiberglass that was just never filled. It was always painted. It was always there because that was never there. Like, I'm sorry, but base coat doesn't leave holes. Base coat and clear coat do not leave holes in paint. Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? It's not worth my stress and anxiety dealing with this. I just want to specialize in down to metal because if somebody comes up to my paint job and says there's a hole there, yeah, that's my bad. I'll take care of it. No questions asked. It's yeah. not as this weird, awkward situation where I have to kind of be like, dude, I'm not going to eat six hours of work because you said this wasn't there when professionally I know it was there. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, I don't want to come out, come off like an asshole like that, but you know, kind of got to. <laughs> That's biz buddy. You know, you know yeah. so on that note of spike, um, I think he mentioned that what he liked about the collision side was just kind of that turn and burn. It was, mm. yeah. you know, chances are, I mean, if you're doing collision work on old stuff, that's one, that's an animal in itself. But I mean, if you're doing collision work on a two-year-old pickup or whatever, totally different yeah. spiel, but like to build off of that, Jess, so you guys not doing any of that um, yeah. and doing just full blown restos like that in itself, some might look at and go, well, that's even more of a headache because you don't have money coming in every three, four days. You got, I, and I know there's different ways of cutting this and I'm sure yeah. you guys have this all figured out. There's, it's like building a custom home, right? There's monthly draws or whatever, Yeah. but um, it's a bit of a accounting nightmare too. Right. And um, now granted you're doing this for people that they want what they want. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not doing a, yeah. a partial and, and I think little. That's the, the key, right. Is, is reality. And you know, how, you know, you have that team to be able to manage because, you know, I, I know Spike manages a lot of his own inquiries and everything else. And I'm sure there's enough volume out there, but it's like, and Jesse, maybe you can echo this. It's probably like one in a hundred people that will contact you be like, Oh, you guys do paint. Will you do this? Will you do this? But you guys are going to be selective about the jobs that you want to take on. So it's like, you got to filter through everybody. And then you got to filter through them. Like you said, tactfully and just say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's either a, we can't work with your budget or B, you know, we only do stuff when we take it down to metal and, and people got to appreciate it's your name. You know what I mean? Like if you just do that yeah. hood or you just do something and the rest of the car looks like shit and you know, they got a blue sky sticker 
on it, then, you know, people are going to like, be yeah. like, you know, what the fuck? And, and similarly, even with me, you know what I mean? Like if I just do somebody's engine bay or something like that, and the rest of the car looks like dog shit, then, you know, that's, uh, that's not necessarily cool either. So I yeah. think that that's part of it, right? It's just finding and making sure that you have like, how long are you guys booked up for? I'm assuming you guys are probably booked into like 2025. Um, I mean, I pretty much tell anybody who comes in, like if you were to like pretty much, if we were to write you an estimate and you, you approve it today, I'm like, we're looking at at least 10 months from now, if not more. Um, and, and, you know, we're super blunt right up front with like price costs. Cause that helps weed out the people who were like who who it's mostly people who are uneducated who don't understand what it takes and i like educating people i like explaining it to them our process um but yeah we're we're always booked up at least 10 months it's it's continuing to grow we are trying to add people um we should be moving into our new location um by the we're hoping the first of the, uh, 2020 was 2023 next year. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're hoping to add some, some, uh, some, some employees there so we can kind of help with the turnover on projects. But yeah, it's like pretty much a year, which is a great feeling, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's hard to tell people that because like, Oh man, I have to wait that long. But, We've, we've had some, we're very fortunate that we have understanding customers who are like, well, I guess that means they're good. You know, it's, this is we it, tell buddy. people, sometimes people come to us, this, this guy can start next week. It's like, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> be careful we, with that guy. <laughs> we talked about this, Chris and I, even just from like a mechanical standpoint. And, you know, there's people that are like, well, how much, how many hours should it take to do a heads cam and intake swap and whatever. I mean, it's, it's great to be economical and to think that way, but Mike, when you get into bed with somebody on, especially a car that means a lot to you, like, it's like marrying someone, like you are literally attached to this person. You need to trust them with your life. It's yeah. You, you build a relationship and that's, I, we've always said, like, I don't care how nice the car is. If, if you don't have a good relationship with the customer, it, if it doesn't turn into a friendship, the job isn't done, Yeah, you know, because it, it, it's, you know, it has, you have to have that relationship and like, cause you have to be upfront with people and the, the, the customer has to be upfront with you and it's, it, it goes a long way. And like you said, you're, it's basically like a marriage. You're spending years with these people and then it turns into a great friendship. Like Tom, I mean, he, we built a car for him yeah. and now he's, he's integral into our lives, our everyday lives. You know, I can, he's, he's more of a friend than he is a customer. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, and, and I, I, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, buddy. Like, I think it's, it's the best way of looking at these things because shit always goes sideways, no matter what, like it just, it is what it is. You're always going to find something. And I mean, trying to explain that to someone that you probably had a bad taste in your mouth when you first 
or you might've had a bad taste in your mouth when you first met him. And then you got to have that shitty conversation. Like, Hey, listen, like, I know you thought this car was super clean and not full of body filler, but, uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, we've we've had that situation before. Well, this is it. And like the client just as much has to trust you in that scenario, because what we had Harris Lou on and well, we had gearhead on too. both of them actually, I don't know if it was similar shop experiences or, or what, but they, or the same shop, but they both had similar experiences in that both got taken for rides and it just crushes me because, you know, here we are trying to in some way, shape or form, get our names out there and try and help people out and do good work for them. And, you know, the, you get painted with the same brush really because somebody has been taken for a ride and you're like people like that. I'm just going to say it. They just should be shot and pissed on. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's one of my, like the thought of a customer leaving upset at us is like a punch in the gut to me. Like it really, it really rocks us, you know, just the thought of it. And we've been so blessed with great customers that, you know, allow us to do what we do. And, and, you know, every project has its roadblocks. Every project has, and, and we've never had anything that's, we had one truck where he was telling me, I just could have put a couple more shims in his fender to make it fit. Right. But it, it's a whole nother story. It's truck was painted on another chassis. This chassis was done and put it together. And I'm like, dude, this is as good as it's going to get. You could just put whatever. And like, I never, that book is still open for me. And it's a, it, it kills me to think about because it's like, you know, I take this stuff. I'm not just a builder. I'm not just a, a guy who's waiting for the paycheck to come in every day. It's I'm building my passion and the customer's passion, you know, and that, that, that really means a lot to us, you know, as shop owners and, and to hear those stories of other shops that don't care about that. It kills me because it's like, dude, we're doing like cool stuff. You're not like, you know, cleaning toilets. You're, You're doing something badass. Like you should be having fun and to treat customers like that is, that's no good. <laughs> no, a hundred percent, buddy. Um, hey, Jess, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit more going back to um, Hot Summer 91. Mm-hmm. So Coyote swapped. Yeah. 8.8 rear. Yeah. Original 8.8. What's, what's TKX. TKX. Okay. Yep. Cool. TKX. Uh, I don't know what clutch is in it, but yeah, full QA1 suspension um was it have sr performance coilovers or something like that okay pretty standard stuff you know like that just has a nice you know it's it's the stuff that works you know the stuff that works well it's not way over the top it's not you know stock bricks or anything like that yeah but super nice car you know and and we actually we have a we have a notch back project slated for next year that's going to be a really fun one i'm really 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 excited about it um Guy's got a T-top 84 GLX Ooh. notch. Oh, nice. 
So I'm super excited about it. And he's, he wants basically the same treatment as the Dutch car. And we have a couple things that are going to be a little one-off. I love how those cars have the Chrome windshield moldings, the Chrome door handles, the Chrome mirrors. We're going to leave it. I think the car it's, it's super, it's originally a five liter car. So it's not like it's a four cylinder or a two eight or anything like that. It's got really good bones and it, he, he wants it to be like super clean. It'll be a rotisserie job. and It's a T-top notch. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't come across too often. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and that's slated for like probably at the chocolate Fox in 2024. Oh, nice. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Hey, Jess, what is it like? I mean, I don't think too many people would even really know the answer to this other than yourself owning Foxy Brown and the handful of other people out there that are fortunate enough to have a T-top car, but what's it like finding bits and pieces to restore those T-tops? Like even just Um, from a rubber standpoint. All the weather stripping you can get. Um, can don't you? expect it to work too great because it still <laughs> leaks. Um, but yeah, you can get everything pretty much. Um, the only thing you can't get is like, I'm sorry, you can't get everything. Um, you, you Like the moldings, the weather strip retainers, those are unobtainium. So you just have to find them. I was fortunate that my original, my car came with everything. So I always had everything. And then when I did my dash swap back to a Fox body dash, I happened to find an 88 T top GT that was stripped to nothing, but it had all every, it had all the T top stuff except for the weather strip retainers. So I was like, I was able to, the car was destroyed. I mean, the, the shock towers were destroyed. The floor pans were destroyed, had no suspension and it had a K member. The brakes were locked up. Like, no motor, no trans, no rear, nothing. And when I picked it up, I met up with these rednecks in some random parking lot in Pennsylvania. And they look at me. I, I got my my rollback backed up to their trailer. Like, what are you going to do with this thing? But it had a dash. It had the dash frame. It had a steering column, which I needed. It had the heater box, which I needed. It had all this stuff that I needed still. And I needed the mounts that wet, that are attached to the firewall because I cut those off years ago. So they looked at me like, what are you going to do with this thing? But it had the glass T-tops, had the T-top moldings on the roof, and it had the, the roof was solid. So I was able to cut it off, and I sold it to some guy in Philly that was going to put it on a notch. I don't think it ever made its way onto a car. But I was able to make my money back and get everything I needed for free. Nice. So, But, yeah, it's really if – you, if, you ha- if you buy somebody's roller – that's a T-top car that has nothing. You're going to be having a, a rough time finding some of that, those hard parts. The, the, the weather stripping you can get, no problem. But yeah, okay. the, uh, the, the retainer trim and the A-pillar, is that not the same as a convertible? You know what? I've thought about that. That's the one thing. I'm not sure because um, I've <laughs> only worked on one convertible before. But that is a good point. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. A convertible. Like the, I think I think the B pillar one would be the I guess the most challenging one to get. Yeah. And funny I enough, they were right. talking 
we're talking about all this T-top stuff. I actually found one here. I, I swear it's literally 12 minutes away from me. It's an 85 GT, uh, 50 original T-top car. It's been in between Austin and San Antonio its whole life. Um, it was an abandoned car. So I can literally, the guy's at 850 bucks and he's 12 minutes away and he's like a tow yard, right? So the, the tow bill on the, on the car is like $18,000 at this point. So <laughs> it, it's, it'll be a bonded title, but that's fine. Um, and I'm like, man, you're 12 minutes away. You're a wrecker, throw it on your flatbed and just bring it up to my place for 900 bucks. He's like, no. And I'm like, well, how much is it going to cost? He's like a hundred bucks. And he lives. The worst part is, is that he lives like seven minutes away from me. So like he could literally like throw it on and on his way home, drop it off. So like both of our egos are in the way of this deal right now. <laughs> so, so 50 bucks is, is how far you're away from it. Yeah. But like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a carbureted car. Yeah. The cooling hoses are off it. I couldn't tell you if the motor will turn over. Cause there's like some wasp nests and all those, there's probably snakes and God knows whatever right. else in it, but it's pure Texas patina. Um, oh man, you know, like no, no real structural rust anywhere and all the glasses in it. Um, it's got the, you know, the halo headrest. So the seats are right. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe I could get it running, but maybe not. There's no keys. That's the only other thing. So I have to drill out the little, the stupid, um, pin and then just swap out the, the ignition. Right. And, you know, I can, this is going to die boys. Spirit. Sorry okay. to do this. Are you oh, okay, yeah, Jess, for another quick one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. I'll, I'll send you. Okay. Another one of our cheapskate breaks. Um, <laughs> okay. Prior to hit and record here chris asked me how many of my girls are going to drive fox bodies now my girls love them i mean maybe there's some i don't know if placebos in there like as a proper term to use but they obviously like what i like in most regards but my oldest who does have a bit of a at least i can i feel like she's got a bit of a sense for for the automotive uh bug or a bite for it She's talking about an older pickup or maybe like a Jimmy or a blazer or a whatever and living where we do. Well, you know, Jess, you can appreciate this. Like if you're talking to like a full all year driver, like four wheel drive is going to be somewhat of a consideration. Right. Yeah. And then, well, her being a girl too, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this is bad for me to admit, but I think all the dads out there can appreciate this and moms. You, you want your kid in a fucking tank. Like, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to admit it, but like I'd way rather see my kid survive a wreck than whatever she's going to run into. So right. um, yeah, like a great big old piece of North American iron. Sure, buddy. <laughs> One of those, right? <laughs> So, yeah, and I had a 70 GMC pickup that she was quite fond of. I actually, I never talked much about this truck, but I sold it right before COVID thinking everybody's going to be burying money in the backyard or stuffing it in the walls. Like this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. But, you know, like everything <laughs> recreational or like these, 
vices just went out of control. Yeah, it's nuts. You can't buy a kid's dirt bike. You can't buy a fucking holiday trailer. You can't buy nothing. Like, it's crazy. Like, Hmm. I bought two years ago. I mean, it's it's my daily driver. It's a 2014 Porsche Cayenne GTS. And I bought it the day the world shut down, March 13th, 2020. It was when, like, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. And I could, I have... I bought it with 70,000 miles on it. I have 98,000 on it now and I could sell it probably for what I bought it for two years ago. If not more. But then again, but I don't want to, but then I'd have to buy something equally, you know? So it's like, it's, I don't know. How's the housing market up in Canada? Is it exploding like it is here too? Jess, I can like, this will blow your mind quite honestly. So we moved into the house we're in right now uh, five years ago. And like, just for what it's worth, it was like a $500,000 house. And just for anyone out there listening, like that's just par for the course. Okay. Like gone are the days of the houses we grew up in that cost your parents, like the price of a Ford focus, you know, (laughs) um, that's just a standard, like 2000 square foot home. My neighbor, I'm talking right beside me, just sold his house for 1.2 million. <laughs> yeah, dude, like wrap your head around that. Wow. You know, like being car guys and everyone listening is for sure. Like you couldn't part this thing out in glass <laughs> for that kind of money. Like it's crazy, man. Wow. But then you'd have like, if you sell, like you're going to go how far away you have to go to get away from you can't you got to move to fucking island like (laughs) it's it's crazy yeah it's nuts and buddy like here's the thing just to put this all into perspective so i grew up on the eastern side of british columbia in a real small town of 2,500 people. And it, the place kind of surrounded a lake. It was a little bit of a vacation spot for a lot of the folks that would come out of the Alberta cities and want a vacation for the summers. But super, super small town, very, very modest. We call all the houses there like BC boxes, just your standard rectangle where you walk in the center of it and you either go up or down, you know, like nothing fancy. So we used to go out on the lake and look up at all these beautiful homes and be like, Oh my God, look at that place. Like that's like a quarter million dollar house. Right. (laughs) And now here I sit in nothing fancy. I swear to you like this, it just, it doesn't compute because of what our generation's grown up with. Like we all grew up in $50,000 homes and now you're living in a house that's 10 times that or yeah. 20 times that now like it just it does not add up at all no you should when when your new neighbors move in you should walk out with a big old tall beer (laughs) like no shirt on and just be like what the fuck are you smoking to be spending that much money on this (laughs) welcome to the fucking neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) it's wild man and uh there's I mean, where I live now is kind of a, 
similar to the place that I grew up in that it's a bit of a hot spot for as far as Canada is concerned, we get pretty good weather here. Um, going off the whole pandemic thing, there's a lot of people that can work from home now. So mm-hmm. to hell with the city, like let's move, yeah. you know, and, and just it's, it, it's the whole country itself has gone up in price we've experienced a little bit of a bump over and above everywhere else, but like, it's wild. I mean, you think about our kids. I don't, I don't know how anyone is. And I know our parents said this and everyone's always said it, but like this increase that's happened inside of say the last five years, like the increases our parents stressed about in housing prices were, I don't like, you know, 50,000 to 80,000 or something, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. 500, like to say that I live in a half a million dollar house is I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. Let alone a million. Like it's crazy, man. Crazy. Right. Your new neighbors are going to be like, man, they got a bunch of Ford escorts over there. They put all their money into the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at those green and so, red. Ford so it, are those the same neighbors that left you the note? The ones that moved were, yeah. No <laughs> so, way. So they moved because of your car, your exhaust, <laughs> and the cash in. But let's just say, you know, to make it, it, it sounds better that you force them out with your loud cars. <laughs> but by the way, Gary, that that um that reel you put up with the with the woman who was like, oh, <laughs> the money. Tom <laughs> sent me that, and I was, I I'm pretty sure I was on the toilet. I. <laughs> <laughs> I opened it and I, I was like, that is hysterical. That was so good. So <laughs> there's poor people it. in here. Yeah. You're trying to give Scream Puff a run for his money. Like ever since we've had that pod, <laughs> like you've been coming up with some pretty creative shit recently. So the, I'm just I wondering, it's like shots fired. Like I can do this too. Well, hey man, bail on. We need more of this funny shit because there's nothing better than starting your day with something funny. Yeah, Joe, like 89 Screen Puff, that guy's got a good sense of humor. He is always pumping out gold. And uh, I, I know that one, I, I actually, that reel, it was sent to me in a different context. It was for um, like PGA, you know, the top five PGA golfers walking onto the Masters <laughs> course. It's like, where's all the money, you know? And uh, I'm like, oh man, this has got Fox body written all over it, especially notches because what we talked about with joy boost, like they're the, whenever, right. The upper echelon of what people are seeking these days, you know? Yeah. But you could apply that to any Fox body. Really? I I know. I, it's crazy because like, so I bought my 89 in 2003 I was 17 and it was like 181,000 miles on it. Bowen stock, really clean. The guy drove on the highway primarily. I got it for 3,800 bucks. And like at the time that was all I could afford. And I had looked at a couple others. I looked at a, at a T to an 87 T top car. My dad wouldn't let me buy it because the, the guy's name wasn't on the title. He was uh-huh. like, he bought, I think what he did was he bought the car and then was just reselling it, never registered it, never titled it in his, in his name. My dad didn't let me buy it. And I shed, I literally shed tears. And it was god awful looking. It was, it was red. 
with red interior, but it was a T-top car. And inside the body molding, that little one-inch strip, was black and white checkers around the whole car. Oh. And I was like 17, <laughs> like in love with this car. It was horrible, horrible, but it was a T-top car. And I was like, it's a T-top car, dad. And I, he, he was like, nope, not going to not. there's something fishy with the title. And like looking back, I, there was probably nothing wrong with the title. The guy just never registered in his name. But, <laughs> um, but like, I remember when like six grand got you a mint car, like yeah. absolutely dead nuts mint, like 2003, 2004. Like if you, if you spend six grand on a car, you're getting something that's mint. Hey, back to the beginning of the conversation. It was mint. And now six grand, I look at Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, what are these people? I'm posting my car for 70 grand. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. like. No, you're exactly crazy. right, Jesse, because my white coupe, it was 03, I think, when I bought it. And I paid, I think, $4,500 for it. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't ask for anything more. Like, that was sort of like, that was the best time to buy anything. Yeah. And now, who in and the problem, the thing that bugs me though, I'm not, I'm not upset that the prices are through the roof. I think it's great. I think it's great for the industry. I think it's, it's, it's great for people who do own them. I hate the people, the, the Fox body purists who only ever look at it as a $3,500 car. Yeah. And it's like, it's, that's, and a lot of purist groups are like that, like the C10 groups, 67 to 72 C10 groups. They see this car is the same way. They they see their trucks as $4,000 to $3,000 trucks. And it's like, unfortunately, well, those, those, the way the, the same, industry. Those are the same guys that were like uh, winners of Polk High football team, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they still talk about it to this day. So. Yeah. Got the grad jacket yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah, they're still they're still putting Craigers on them, and like they're just so stuck in that thing. And it's just like, no, that's unfortunately that's how '80s cars are going to be. And then before we know it, I've been saying, I said it to my buddy today. I said, someday somebody's going to come to me with like a CRX SI, wanting me to restore it for them because yeah. that's what they wanted. And now that you know, now they get the money and it's like, I don't care. This is what I want. This is what I wanted in high school. Now I want it perfect because mine was a piece of junk in high school. Yeah. Just, I was just at a car show and there was, um, probably four or five, um, Honda civics in like the, I want to say like late seventies, early eighties vintage. Wow. Admittedly, I don't know a ton of, I, I know the ones right. that are relevant to us in high school. I can, I can keep up there, but these ones are beyond me. Right. Yeah. But they're all putting like new civic motors in them and it's a thing. It's the like, same thing we're doing. Totally. It's just a different yeah. type of car. There's an ass for every seat, man. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to be like Fox body or nobody like that's, <laughs> I, I did not like, I remember getting my first job at a restoration shop and like my car was primered and I'm like, yo, check out my Fox body. Like, and they did not react the way I wanted them to react. Like I was like this car, I love this car. It's a freaking five Oh, it runs 1380. And like, they were like, cool kid. Now get to work. And I'm like, what? Like they don't care about Fox bodies. 
And then like I started getting into other other types of cars and I've realized any everything's junk in stock form. It's everything's cool. So now I'm like my I'm my you know, Fox bodies are my like first love. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I anytime I see a Fox body, I, I gravitate toward towards it. But I, I love having that, you know broad and you have a pretty broad you know with the stuff that goes in in and out of your shop you have a pretty broad uh yeah uh, you know taste and stuff like that so you know it took me a little while to grow up a little bit and realize (laughs) not everybody likes fox bodies (laughs) i know actually one of the funniest ones for me is and i'm usually one of the ones that are cutting these jokes in the ls vein right and i think we all, maybe not all, there's some people that just want to go straight line fast. And I totally understand the LS game. Like until you've taken one apart and fully appreciated the internal geometry of an LS, like they are, there's a reason they are what they are. I mean, these, it's as if they locked half a dozen old school Chevy hot rodders in a room with pizza and beer and said, boys, make it right. (laughs) And they nailed it. And make it make big power. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody's going to pick one of these from a junkyard, put 15 pounds of booth down his throat, and that better make the thousand horsepower or else you're fired. Yeah. Make a thousand horsepower for the next 300,000 miles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So, like, I'm, I am of the school of people that, I don't think they belong in a Fox. I understand why someone would gravitate towards yeah. it. I really, truly I do. I get it. Yeah. But let's, yeah, let, let's keep it uh, in the family, so to speak, you know? I got to send you, I got to send you a Roadster Shop build. Um, it was George Poteet's 68 Fastback. And I think, I think it was one of their first cars that they did the spec chassis that bolts into those cars. Like it's a full chassis that bolts into the first gen Mustangs. Yeah. And they outfitted an LS that looks just like a 302. Really? Yup. It has a distributor in the front. It, it looks, you have to look at it hard to realize that it's an LS. Like the only thing that I saw was that the, the, the water neck that comes out of the water pump. Right. That's like the only thing. It looks just like a 302. Wow. You know what? I can kind of give that a pass. Yeah. Because they did such a good job making it look like a 302 or just a a Windsor in general. And they've done that on a bunch of people and they make, and they, they, I think they put up a, a, a Mach 1, a 70 Mach 1 they did. And it has an LS in it. And it just says like, sacrilege <laughs> like, <laughs> like i get it i get why people would get pissed but the reliability the power i i understand why people do it this is it like yeah you can pick these things up for next to nothing they're mm-hmm. strong solid runners um you know one that doesn't we actually speaking of stuff that we've got coming through here um there's a fellow that's got a not my favorite, don't get me wrong, but he's got an emotional attachment to this YJ. It was part of the family for years, and uh, he wants to redo this Jeep. And I said, well, what do you think about doing an LS swap? But not in the traditional sense. I'd actually, admittedly, have never done one, but I'd like to do a carbureted LS. And 
he's like, yeah, like, you know, if you think it'd work and, and whatever, he's kind of along for the ride in some respects. And uh, I've actually found a couple of super low mile 4.8 liter LSs kicking around. Mm-hmm. Nobody seems to want to chase these things all that hard. And I'm like, yeah. well, there's next to fuck all for difference between them, a 5.3 and a 6.0. Like, and the interesting part about them is, you can get six old heads. Like it's just a, it's like, the yeah. old, it's like when we were kids with Legos, like, Oh, you got tectronics. Yeah. I'm going to throw that on my, you know, <laughs> big blocks. Like uh-huh. it's wild. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that, that LS platform, as much as I don't think it belongs in a Stang, uh, I can appreciate it wholeheartedly. Right. And when something makes a thousand horsepower, it's fun. Oh, I mean, God. I mean, you, you know, it's just fun. You can't, you just can't compete, you know? Yeah. I'm you sure there's a guy out there that say that again. You guys must do a pile of stuff with LSs through the shop. Hey? Yeah, we do. Um, we've done a couple LS with swaps. We did in well, we, we tidied up an LT swap. Um, the Impala has got an LS in it. You know, we're putting a 427 in the El Camino we're building right now, but we are kind of, we kind of, abide by the keep a Ford and a Ford Chevy and a Chevy, even though that's not what the, the, the root of hot rodding came from. It was just, True. Hey, whatever you got, you know, put it in uh-huh. and see what happens. Um, but I, I do like, how, kinda... how come I don't hear any Godzilla's in the mix here? When are you putting a Godzilla? In <laughs> well, that I, I keep telling Tom, I'm like, I kind of want to do a Godzilla. And, and if I ever do a, a roadster shop chassis in my car, I think just for Ooh. the package, I think an LS or LS, <laughs> uh, Godzilla, Godzilla is basically an LS. Come on now. Yeah. Um, I'll probably do like a whippled Godzilla. I like the compactness of, of the Godzilla. So, but who doesn't you know, want an old push rod, you know, exactly get away from all this overhead stuff. <laughs> yeah and the it's just the sheer size of the coyotes they're massive they are we fit it in that 39 ford pickup we did and that was like a feat in itself shoehorning yeah yeah big time you know something that um interests me and and this gets gets a little bit over my head but um so ls being push rod i i well not too many people have any experience with the godzillas but what's interesting for me about the LS being a, a pushrod motor, if you just compare them pound for pound to an old school small block Ford, let's say, why is it that the LS seems to mirror that of a modular motor, newer Ford modular motor from like a power band standpoint? Like they don't make a ton of low end horsepower. They can, right. but not like these cars. Like these cars that we all know and love with a, like a rock solid five Oh, I mean, they're kind of like the 7.3 liter diesel of gas engines. Like you got to pretty much be a fucking idiot to stall one, you know, like right. they're, they just pull like torque now and LSs yeah. don't really do that. I don't know if the Godzilla is any different. I mean, I guess it's, they have those long runners, you know, yeah big big airflow so you get that big 
you know, or I'm sorry, no, uh, short, short runners, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's I, the one thing that always upsets me about stock coyotes is like their gutless download, especially like I drove a, like a voodoo. I drove a GT 350, a customer of ours. He's like, yeah, take it out. And I was like, I got on it. I'm like, it barely scratched the tires, but it revs to the moon, which right. is fun. But you know, that low end torque is that, that leaves smiles on, on people's faces. Like uh Dude, short this, story, the, 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 um, the Le monster, the 66 Le Mans that we brought to SEMA in 2019, we did a short segment with the blue man group. I don't know if you've ever heard of the blue. Yeah, man yeah. Group. Oh yeah. So they were doing, um, they were hired to do uh, like a, you know, to entertain the crowd at the SEMA um, banquet awards and they would do, you know, songs here and there. And then at the end it showed them walking out the back, trying to, to flag down a, a, a cab. And then this like little Toyota Prius comes up and, you know, yellow cab. It was the only yellow cab they could find in Vegas. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 no. So, we were with the Hot Rod Industry Alliance cars. They have six cars outside that go in for the HRA banquets. And we had the convertible. So they decided, hey, can you guys film a short segment with the Blue Man group? And we're like, uh, yeah, it was our first time with a vehicle at SEMA. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Nervous as hell. The car, the car has like six miles on it. Like we didn't shake it down at all. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, they, they want to, they want to film with you. So basically what they did, the cab came up. They're like, no, we, this is SEMA. We can't be taking a cab out of here. So I come up in the Le Monster and I come up and I got the cutouts open and it's, you know, I'm super nervous. And before we filmed with the blue man group, you know, they're pretty much like mimes. They don't talk, they don't speak, you know, right. they, they kind of just, so they said, you know, the director was like, look, they're not going to talk to you. They'll interact with you. They'll, they'll respond to, to questions that you have, but they won't talk. They'll just, you know, kind of whatever. So I was like, all right, no, no problem. No problem. So first take I rip, I, I rip up and the Le Monster makes 730 foot pounds of torque <laughs> at the crank. I mean, it, the, the, it goes to 500 horse or uh, foot pounds right on the engine dyno, like at like, 2500 rpm like it's just a <laughs> it's a pontiac so it makes a ton of torque yeah so i come up they hop in the car and and i was like do you guys want me to do a burnout director's like absolutely they get in i slam the gas it's like wow takes off i hit the brakes i stop all three of the blue man group that was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah. And I got to do it like three other times. Like we had like three or four other takes. Um, I'll send you the video. Uh, That's that wicked. I have the video saved on our computer. <laughs> but like three, every single time they were like, that is so freaking cool. And then from there on out, they were like, they were talking to us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Anytime you want to go see the Blue Man Group, let me know. And <laughs> the monster that made the really mind cool. speak <laughs> yep. yeah it was really cool that was like what, that was like i'll never forget those, that uh, those british guards trying to get one of them to speak <laughs> yeah 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 they'll they'll speak after 730 foot pounds uh, sets them in their uh their seat <laughs> that's awesome yeah just yeah. do you guys have a um an old carburetor guru kicking around the shop with the old uh 
white new balances on or what are you guys doing? At, I mean, that's, I guess Jeff is the old carburetor guru. Is he? <laughs> yeah. He's pretty, he's, he can get a, uh, he can get a car tuned up pretty, pretty damn well. Nice. With the car. Yeah. Yeah. We just had a, we had like three or four cars on the dyno last week and one car came in like pig rich and he got it. Didn't make money. Guy, guy was like, yeah, it makes 500 horsepower made 250 wheel. <laughs> <laughs> like re- she's a real real uh stump puller there buddy yeah but uh but yeah no jeff jeff is uh he's 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 come come pretty come a long way he he knows how to how to deal with carburetors i don't i you know i just make them look pretty but yeah oh. he pretty much just does the holly efi and then uh, the, the carburetors and all that that's cool it because i mean it's definitely a dying art right um I've got a buddy yeah. that he's got a bit of a hot rod shop in town here. And, um, I've learned a ton from him from a carburetor standpoint, but he's the type of guy that like, you know, eight beer blindfold, he'll pull apart a quadrajet, throw it all in the same basket, acid dip it. And it's going back with the blind back together with the blindfold on, you know, like it's those Q jets are oh. beyond me. I don't, I don't, I don't get them. <laughs> it, yeah it's a topic in itself that one um actually it's funny as we sit here uh i got it under my computer but how to rebuild and modify rochester quadrajet carburetors someone have you ever seen that that picture of an automatic transmission and yeah. it says like hopes and dreams go in here and then this <laughs> you know they need to do that with a carburetor with a q jet like <laughs> It's so true. The, the winding dingy thingy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like my buddy, and now he's 57, 58, um, mm-hmm. like swears by them, you know, like done right, set up right. You can't beat a, we may as well throw it on here just for fun, but the Bogdra jet, you can't beat a quadra jet. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad because like, it's as if, if anyone listening has ever taken a, a carb apart, like it's as if aliens landed in the fifties and said, here, build this. Like they are amazing pieces of machinery with no electronic input aside from choke. And that didn't come till later on. So right, they're crazy, man. It's so funny that they're like, the primaries are like, oh, we're going to put these like five eighth inch board primaries in and then inch and a inch and three quarter <laughs> secondaries and just let her eat yeah <laughs> yeah and wonder why there was this like you know you had to wear your seat belt just so you didn't bang your head off the dash going from primary to secondary right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> how many how many uh, air cleaner lids did you uh flip in your day just to hear that thing sing totally right like <laughs> yeah just to to let it suck in that much more hot air like <laughs> you know yeah but it, it sounds so good <laughs> oh it's true especially in a four barrel carburetor bent oh yeah, but yeah like it it's even like in the fox body world the the air silencer and mm-hmm. the drive pulleys and you know like all of this these guys you got to hand it to them they had great marketing pitches and i know there's slight horsepower gains but I'm here to tell you folks like this is mostly placebo <laughs> that you're realizing from running down these roads, but I, I jumped on the sword 
like we all did. I bought yeah. them, you know, yeah. like. It's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. I want my alternator to just not charge at idle. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to, I'm going to get that like three and a half horsepower at the track, baby. Yeah. Like that doesn't, aftermarket pulleys don't do anything. No. But, you know, free gap your plugs, you, want, you get more out of it. Chasing that dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put an Excel coil on that thing, man. Right. You're going to be running 1510 or 1410. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jess, we're winding down here. I got yeah. three minutes on the clock and I, I don't want to run out because I know we can go all night, but uh, we always seem to have an East Coast guest. Hey, Chris, like, fuck. And yeah, yeah, no, it never fails. Yeah. And plus, you got a bambino that's going to be hungry here in no time. Yeah. Yeah. It's about my time. I'm, I'm even a little hungry. Maybe I'll get a little midnight snack. <laughs> right. Yeah. A little milk for the baby, a KFC or something. <laughs> nice. Well, it was, it was great uh, being on, uh, you know, it, it flew by. It's funny. And, hey, uh, how fast I appreciate these go. Yeah. Yeah. No, we appreciate so, you coming on, buddy. Sparing the time yeah. and sharing the blue sky story. Um, yeah, pumping out some amazing stuff. Hey, Art, now before I forget, are you doing Foxtoberfest? I'm not sure. Um, we're thinking we might send the truck and trailer down with one of our employees. Jeff has family down there and he flies down. I'd love to go, um, because it's just Chocolate Fox to awesome. you know, times two. So I'd love to go. I don't know with, with the, with the building move, I, you know, and we, we we're, we're trying to get the Impala to SEMA. I don't know. It's, you know, logistically it, it's, we're not sure. I'd, I'd really love to go, but you know, I can't at this point, I'm not sure, but okay. you know, we'll see. Right. I heard you might go. So. Well, this is the thing at some point, I know I haven't really made a, an announcement or anything yet, but yeah, I, I, Oops. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know I might have my beer drinking hat on and I may be there. So, uh, love to yeah. see if you can make her. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what we can do. Okay. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on brother. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us or yeah. me. I should say. Thanks man. <laughs> yep. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, bud. Take care. All right, man. Cheers. Later.